Greetings! Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror, fantasy, trinity, and 20th century entertainment. I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're cousins slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood. All right. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! So as we are recording this, it is still a good two weeks before the new year. So it is as if we are living in the future a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we're still going to talk about what we watched in the beginning of December. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, there's, a, there's a lag. A little bit of a lag. It's fine. But I do recommend The Big Brunch, especially during... It's like full winter time now with uh, New Year celebrations over. You might want to hibernate up, uh, get yourself a little cozy, and I definitely, yeah, recommend The Big Brunch if you're into... That's a movie? uh, No, cooking competition shows. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I just finished it, and I really liked it. Hmm. Um, I love brunch food, and it has uh, David from Schitt's Creek as the host. Oh. Yeah, so... On Netflix? um, HBO. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's really cute. I was really into it. Um, also, I have been um, watching a lot of my our animes shows mm-hmm. that we like to watch, so we're getting caught up on on some things. Uh, my Hero Academia and Chainsaw Man. <laughs> <laughs> so I also I had an idea, and I want to know if people would be into it. The last time we recorded an episode, and I talked a little bit about Chainsaw Man. I don't think it actually made the episode um because i've gotten into like a lot of detail and you're just like oh really oh interesting because you don't watch anime no so i <laughs> thought it would be funny if we if we make a separate podcast sometime and it would be where i pick out some like very beloved anime and introduce you to it and we watch like one episode together you know and then like afterwards i like get your thoughts on it as someone who like watches no anime whatsoever. yeah (laughs) and uh, i thought it might be funny i i told my husband he was like oh yeah that might be kind of cool and i was like like naruto he was like good lord no you can't show her naruto no i've seen naruto but it's like (laughs) millions of episodes oh no i know because back when um i would not really watch it with Dave, but it happened to be on, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like every episode they're building up for a fight that never happens. And I was like, <laughs> "How? this is like boring. Like, they talk about the fight for like six episodes. Nothing happens. <laughs> it's it's um, uh, a very common style, actually. Uh, the only <laughs> thing I liked was watching them um, eat the ramen. Like, that, was, that was my favorite part. I was like, ooh. Oh, so that's why I think um, Food Wars might be a good one to show you. Because it's about, like, cooking competition, but it's anime. But it's anime. So okay. it's that really good, like, anime food. Nice. <laughs> drawing food to look that appealing is hard. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was my idea. Let me know. <laughs> I'd be down. Mull around if, if you'd be like, hmm, maybe. And I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Um, it's been very nice and relaxing mm-hmm. to do it after work in the evening. Evenings, and I've been working on my house. I paid it off, so (laughs) (laughs) I uh, haven't played that game ever, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's very soothing. What you do on it? You're just this little person, and you're living on an island, and you're making little animal friends, and you're okay building it up, kind of like Sims. I was gonna say something like The Sims. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, but with animals. Nice. Yeah, it's cute. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to. 
Um, and like I said, the holidays are upon us. By the time people are listening to this, the holidays will be over. And it'll be a new year, new me situation going on. <laughs> I've been saying that for like six years now. But my goal will still be to uh, still watch a lot of person. stuff this year. That's going to be uh, part of my New Year's goals. Yeah, because I stopped watching movies for a while and was like strictly just watching series. Same. And that was one of the reasons why I was happy that we started doing yeah. this. Because I'm like, I kind of am... Excited about movies again. Same. Because I I get so indecisive about what I want to watch mm-hmm. that I'm like, fuck it, I'll just watch Seinfeld. Yeah, for, for the millionth <laughs> time. Exactly. Well, what have you been watching right now? Um, we finished the, we watched the season finale of White Lotus. Ah, the show that you are neither here nor there about. Exactly. <laughs> the one I watch, that's it. <laughs> So how no was, feelings whatsoever. Without ruining without, or spoiling. Well, nothing to write home about. Oh, no. I oh, mean, no. They, they wrap it up nicely, but by the time it ends, I totally forgot that it begins with a body floating in the water. Oh, so body, you're like, I forgot I like, about the body. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't like it. Like, I didn't... <laughs> the one person died that I liked on the show, so I was like, eh, fuck it. That's eh. Yeah. Yeah, just it was whatever. I mean, like my mom said, I mean, it was it's interesting. <laughs> and they did wrap it up nicely. And my my favorite part of the whole show though is that there's been this meme going around of I can't ever remember her name. Um, Stifler's mom. Jennifer Coolidge? Yes, thank oh, you. Okay. I always want to say Jennifer Tilly and I know that's not <laughs> it. That's from Bride of Chucky. <laughs> but yes, Jennifer Coolidge. Um where there is a part at the end where she's like, thinks the gays are trying to kill her. She's oh, I've the seen yacht. that name. Yeah, I was like, the gays are trying the to kill me. trying to kill me. <laughs> that was a good Coolidge impersonation. Oh, thank you. I worked on it last night. <laughs> it was, that was um, a very funny part. <laughs> So it sounds like I don't need to watch this show, though. I can just watch the memes. I would watch the memes and the recaps. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) And Um, also, um, I watched uh, Black Adam with The Rock. Oh, how was it? It came out. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I love The Rock as a superhero. And especially because he's kind of that anti-hero. That's what I was hearing was that people were really into it. But unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be pursuing any more. Like, the old DC is going to be dead because I guess James Gunn's going to be taking it over. That's exactly what Dave was telling me Mm -hmm. um, yesterday. Yeah, because Henry Cavill was going to come back and Mm -hmm. reprint. That's why he left The Witcher. That's what I thought. And... From my understanding. They're starting with a younger Superman Mm -hmm. and doing it, oh, when he's a young reporter. I'm like, fucking again? Yeah. We we have to watch this shit again? We see his origin story over and over and over. And when we finally get to like, I feel like it's like when I was growing up in school in history classes, every year I felt like we would get up to like (laughs) the Civil War at a little after that, I'm like, oh, we're almost to World War II and, like, the more modern, you know, like, era. Well, because when I was growing up, it was still the 1900s. Right. <laughs> and um, I was always ready. Like, okay, we're going to get... And then every year, and then you start a new history class, and then it'd be the same fucking thing. And you get to that point, and then we'd stop. And I'm like, what happens? <laughs> 
horror or horror movies. Oh my god, <laughs> with hero movies, we've been the same thing of origin, origin, origin. Honestly, even I feel like ba- the Batman, mm-hmm. not the Batman. Sorry, that's the new one where it was kind of origin. The uh, Tim Burton Batmans. Mm-hmm. We got to see an established Batman. Batman. We, yeah. we weren't seeing the fucking his parents dying over and over and over and over. Yeah, they just did like a little glimpse of that, but yeah, that's all it was needed. because they're like you know by now. And then they had the Christian Bale ones, which were well done, but and it was origin though. Yeah, it was the so beginning. We're done. We yeah, don't need anymore. like and the same thing. So I feel like that's what they're gonna do with yeah Superman, Batman again. Mm-hmm. All of this. Getting a little tired of it. I've reached oversaturation of the superhero uh, formula. Yeah. I mean, I hope it does get better because, in my opinion, DC has the best superheroes. Oh, yeah. Superman has always been my favorite. In this room we're sitting in, I have two Superman comics right behind you. One signed by Jurgens <laughs> <laughs> and Wonder Woman. I'm a huge DC. Yeah, and I fan. loved Wonder Woman growing up. Mm-hmm. But I I just want to break. I don't want them to never be done again. I just think we're at that point where we need to take a little breather and I don't know, maybe get some like just different thing. You know, we need some more like Lord of the Rings or, you know, fantasy or a little mm. more sci-fi that's not hero based. Like we just need to get into a different yeah. genre. <laughs> you know, remember when zombies were all the rage? Like, like just now something. superheroes for yeah. two decades. <laughs> yeah, for two decades. <laughs> I feel like last it 20 last... years has been nothing but superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And society as a whole has seemed to have actually gotten worse. So. All this bullshit hero worship. <laughs> I don't think it's done us any favors. Look what happened to Zephyrin Cochran. <laughs> nice segue. Thank you. Because, because we're starting off the new year with January having its own theme. And it's aliens. Come, come get, get it. it. <laughs> come get it. Aliens. <laughs> In this episode, we watched 1996's Star Trek First Contact. It was released November 22nd, 1996. So I feel an appropriate wintertime uh, Christmas movie. movie. When everybody's out of school, go see the newest Star Trek. Oh, yeah. I bet they did for Thanksgiving, maybe. Break, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the running time is 111 minutes. I didn't realize it was this long either. I forgot it was almost two hours. But hey, that's an angel number, right? <laughs> what is? 111. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sure. Because this movie is heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it was directed by Jonathan Frakes. The screenplay. Oh, no wonder. Was by Brandon Braga and Ronald D. Moore. Story by Rick Berman, Brandon Braga, and Ronald D. Moore. It was based on Star Trek by Gene Roddenberry, of course. It was produced by Rick Berman, Marty Hornstein, and Peter Lauritsen. Starring Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner, LeVar Burton, Michael Dorn, Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, Alpha, Alpha? Alpha Woodard, James Cromwell, Alice Kriege, and I'm just throwing a Neil, um, what is it, McDonahue? Yeah, yeah. Um, who is not Shooter McGavin, because the whole time I wrote my notes, I was like, is that Shooter McGavin? <laughs> from, <laughs> from what? The Adam Sandler movie. Oh. <laughs> no, but he was in Ravenous. 
oh, that's what the other yes. one is. And then I also was like, oh, he was in that Walking Tall movie mm. with The Rock. And then there was like a bunch of TV shows that I just don't watch. That I know him from Ravenous. That's so funny. I forgot that was him. Those blue eyes, man. Yeah. He's like the uh, 90s Paul Walker is what oh, he was. Oh, that is a perfect description yes. of him. Yes. Like he could be his dad. Spot on. Cinematography was Matthew Leonetti. It was edited, <laughs> edited, edited, edited. edited, edited, by Anastasia Emmons and John W. Wheeler. Music by Jerry Goldsmith. It was, of course, distributed <laughs> by Paramount. And this one was really well in the box office. I just wanted to point that out. I believe it was the second highest grossing. Hmm. Uh, of the Star Trek movies besides uh, Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Um, so the budget was $45 million And the box office, it did $146 million. Nice. So uh, in terms of financially, it was a, a success as well. Um, so I'm going to get into some fun facts. Um, this is a Star Trek movie. So uh, needless to say, last night when I was doing um, some of my fact research... Trekkies, when you talk about Star Trek facts, like, I'm not going to get stuff like nice stories and antidotes about the movies. Like, oh, when they were doing it, Brent Spiner and uh, Jonathan Frakes thought. I mean, I'm sure there is that, too. I did find some like that. But it's, like, hardcore Star Trek, like, information. Like, there's, like, on the wiki where it's, like, Star Trek first contact. So I got into a whole thing where I read about the difference of the warp drives to early warp drive mm. to what the Enterprise warp drive that Zephram Cockrum, you know, like the, the differences. I've been down that wormhole before. Yeah, so I, <laughs> so I read some very technical things that I'm obviously not going to talk about on here. <laughs> so I just want to put that it's out there. not that kind of podcast. Yeah, but you, if you're into Star Trek and if you're listening to this, one, you've either already read it or if you're kind of new to the Trekkie, like, verse. Start there. Start, yeah. <laughs> like, you can start there, and it's so fun. Like, it's just such a... But to, to start off with some easily digestible <laughs> facts, <laughs> the um, writers, uh, Moore and uh, Braga, they, <laughs> they had a lot of, like, early ideas. Um, they knew that they wanted to do, like, maybe some more, like, time travel or something like that. Which I happen to love. I think everyone yeah, likes a time good travel time movies. travel movie, right? Um, and apparently, too, they were wanting to really switch it up a little bit from the previous film that had come out. Um, generations, I believe. Yeah, that was um, not my favorite. And the writers even said that there was just so many things that they had to check a box. There were very uh, much requirements for that one because oh, it that. was like this handoff of right. the the older generation to the the next generation cast. Right. So they just had to follow like this kind of like strict set of rules a little bit. So on this one, they were like, okay, we can have a little more fun. And do, you know, what we want without having, without having these requirements. So, <laughs> I'm really glad they didn't do their early idea. Because they were going to, like, take them back to, like, the Roman Empire at one point. Oh, no. Yeah. And then, then they, it just would have been, like, a holiday I know. Episode. Exactly. <laughs> then they even had them traveling to Renaissance Italy. Because they were thinking of calling it Star Trek Renaissance. Oh, God. <laughs> and... <laughs> Jonathan Frakes, that wasn't your idea, was it? No, no, okay, no, no, good. no, no. This was strictly the writers, like <laughs> okay, early, early, okay. them coming up with stuff. They 
<laughs> they elaborated, and this is a quote, um, not verbatim. I had to cut a little bit out for just because it was long-winded. But basically, they tracked the Borg down to a castle near a village where a nobleman runs a feudal society, and they suspect the Borg are the ones running it. And <laughs> Data impersonates an artist apprentice and gets <clears throat> to know Da Vinci. Like, it is a holodeck episode. That's so funny because there is on Voyager... Um, Janeway, mm-hmm. that's her holodeck, is the Renaissance, and she's friends with Da Vinci. And there's like a couple of episodes where. Um, I wonder if they did that before or after that. I don't know. Like, well, I wonder that if one, that influenced. Voyager this. wasn't. Was Voyager. What was the time on that one? It was later 90s, I was believe. It? Like mid to late 90s. And this was 96. So I wonder if they were like, no, we'll just we'll use it. We'll save that one on. We'll just use that one for Voyager. We'll use that, that one like for Voyager. Voyager <laughs> and uh, they didn't stick with this for this movie because they're like, okay, it's going to be really campy, possibly too kitschy over the top. Mm-hmm. And also because Patrick Stewart was like, nah, I'm not wearing tights. He just downright refused when he was, like, hearing the the inklings of, like, oh, what they're trying to come up with for the next one. He's like, nah, I ain't doing it if that's going to be it. (laughs) He's like, this is bullshit. I know. I'm sure he did it in a much more eloquent manner. Because he brought out his finest accent chops in this movie. It was so good. Um, So, eventually, that's what they were like. You know what? We, We need this idea with the Borg, you know, going back in time to stop humanity from advancing, essentially, but obviously, it would make more sense to do the Zephyr and Cochrane. Like, right. why not the beginning Sorry. of what we start humanity as? Exactly. Not, not like the Roman Empire or the Renaissance. It's fine. So, the time frame has moved up to 2063, um, right when Zephyrum's going to be ushering in the age of the warp drive. So that was fun. Uh, Braga is also quoted about the first draft had Riker fighting the Borg on the ship and Picard down on the planet. And they're mm. like, why would we do that? Picard's the one with the history, obviously. Right, right. Um, so I feel like for them to have been like, like these are all like heavily invested Star Trek writers. Like, Did what? you not watch anything that uh, you yeah, wrote? Like, or, or remember what you wrote? <laughs> right. Like, so, so when I was reading about like the, the beginnings of the script and everything, I was a little surprised actually. <laughs> Did you write on the Did show? Did you actually write for Star Trek? <laughs> are you not remembering? Yeah. So of course they're like, duh. Oh, and then again, it was Patrick Stewart who read the first draft and was like, why am I not the one on the ship? He's quoted as saying, I'm the one who got raped by this species. <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, okay, obviously he is correct. Like, no fucking shit. Obviously, yeah, Patrick Stewart is right. Yeah, he yeah. played it, so. He the- lived it. <laughs> there are four life. <laughs> That's not even the board. I know. <laughs> the, the, Kardashians. the Kardashians. <laughs> the Kardashians. The Kardashians might as well be. Oh, man. Paramount hired Industrial Light and Magic to render First Contact's um, space set scenes. And even though this was Star Trek, the special effects supervisor, John Knoll, he did insert a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> in, in, really? In the intro, you know, the scene with the, the big fighting scene. Um, okay, I didn't know. With ever, yeah, with all the other ships and everything. There's a Millennium Falcon. You can glimpse it. Um, they also mentioned Defiant um, from Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a scene apparently that was just in the trailer, but they don't show it in the movie, where the Voyager was also oh, attacked okay. by the Borg. So it's supposed to be kind of like 
everything is it's like marvel <laughs> like the right. mcu a little bit <laughs> in that they were all interconnecting their universes with all the tv shows at the time so yeah i thought that was cool but i just thought it was hilarious though that the millennium falcon <laughs> was yeah able to to make a little appearance in there <laughs> Um, something that was just funny is that apparently Tom Hanks is a big Trekkie and oh. he was going to originally be Zephram. Oh, but scheduling conflicts and everything too bad. That didn't work perfect. out. Yeah. So they got, I James. mean, I, I enjoyed James Cromwell too. He was okay. It's just funny to see, um, babes farmer <laughs> being a rock and roll rowdy drunk guy. And my last little final fact was, um, I think Paramount wanted this movie to be a little different in a sense of who they originally asked to direct it. And this is why it doesn't make sense from the the standpoint of the writers were coming up with these ideas, like I said, that didn't even kind of make sense for Star Trek. Like, you guys wrote Star Trek. Have you, were you not yeah. there? Were you not paying attention? Like, they're coming up with, like, holodeck-style storyline right. ideas for a feature film. But Paramount's trying to get, like, Ridley Scott to direct it. Okay. And Ridley Scott was like, no, thank you. <laughs> and then they also tried to get, um, oh, I, I didn't write this down, but it was the director of, um, I believe, the Predator movies. Mm, okay. And he was like, no, thank you. <laughs> because of the script? I don't know. I don't know why. But in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if you gave them some script where Picard's not on the thing and, you know, like... Again, where I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. And it's still, let's be honest, it's Star Trek. And Aliens and Predator aren't Star Trek movies. Like, it seems like they really were wanting to push more action. Like They probably wanted to take it up a notch. Make yeah. Make it a little more edgy. Exactly. But what those, they try to do with Nemesis. Yes. And those directors didn't want anything to do with it. And that's when they were like, well... Frakes understands Trek, mm-hmm. and so they got they knew he had directed episodes all throughout, you know, that point. So they're like, well, let's just get him to do the, the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think he fucking delivered. I think he nailed it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, with that, Jess is going to take it away with some of the uh, you Googled summary. The Enterprise and its crew follow a Borg ship through a time warp to prevent the Borg from taking over the Earth in a past era. Stuck in the past, Geordi LaForge helps a pioneer of space travel in his efforts to create the first warp drive, while Captain Picard and Commander Data battle the Borg Queen as she tries to take over the Enterprise. So one of the reasons why this movie was picked um, and kind of inspired the theme of aliens come get it and everything for the new year um, was Jessica's father, Mr. Tony, Mm -hmm. (laughs) was a big Star Trek fan and his birthday is also in early January. It is. So this was kind of um, in honor and memory of your dad. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough, I guess kind of one of the people who kind of put Star Trek just into our orbit. Right. Oh. Uh, (laughs) In general, um, because I didn't grow up being a Trekkie. Right. Um, 
I watched some of Enterprise was the one that was on air when I was in middle school. Um, I watched Enterprise. I remember then I was like, oh, I like this show, but I didn't, I wasn't like, oh my God, it's so good. Or, right. you know, where it, <laughs> it, it didn't open the doors quite yet to all the other series for me. So with and you, you grew up though. Watching with... TNG. Okay. Um, his truck was called the Enterprise. <laughs> That's right. And he had a CB radio when he had his um, cabinet business and he'd call back to the shop. Like, Enterprise base. Enterprise base. (laughs) (laughs) This is the captain speaking. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, And at the time, I was like, ugh. Now looking back, I'm like, that's so funny. So I think that's great. um, Because Star Trek, for now, to both of us, it means so much. So I feel like he is like the forefather, yeah, of bringing Trek into our lives and just on our radar in general Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, I really got fully into Star Trek when I was probably like 17. It was um, the end of my high school years. And I actually, it was when I was first um, dealing with my anxiety disorder. And I was trying out these different medications and stuff. So sometimes I would be just zonked out on the couch like drooling on myself, <laughs> like, like trying to get over these side effects of all these medicines. And this was back when um, Spike TV existed and yeah. they would do five hours of Star Trek every day, three of TNG and then two of Deep Space Nine. So that was a time Star Trek was there for me yeah. when no one else was. <laughs> and I got heavily into it. Um, some people in my friend group that I kind of knew, they were also really big Trekkie. And so then I got even more and more like into TNG and that became like, oh my God, this is my Trek. Like mm-hmm. TNG was it. Yeah. So, and I did enjoy Deep Space Nine as well, but I was like sold on TNG. It is what got me fully into the series. And then... I would say for me, the rest is history. I've gone on to go to um, conventions. I have (laughs) met a good chunk of them now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was great. Brent Spiner, Gates McFadden. Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan, yeah. (laughs) My favorite. Uh, Meeting Frakes was an honor. I mean, as well as Brent Spiner. I mean, all of them were amazing. But yeah, so it was really cool. I haven't got to obviously meet Patrick Stewart. (laughs) You probably won't. I probably won't, but, uh, which is heartbreaking. I know. Um, And then also when we were younger and really poor, and it was like the first time we went to convention, we didn't have celebrity money. So I didn't get to meet her, but I did see her from afar. I got to see um, Nicole Nichols, like oh yeah, yeah. So I got to see her, like like I said, not I didn't get to meet her or anything. And then um, Marina Sirtis as well, mm-hmm. uh, Deanna Troy. So, but yeah, we were just and they never came back later when I got that to sucks. like meet the other yeah. yeah. And I did get to meet Worf, uh, Michael Dorn as well. Yeah. So for me, yeah, big part of my life. We're in a room where I have we're surrounded by some Star Trek. Yeah, um, Jessica. I think because your dad was into it when you were younger, it was like you said something you like rolled your eyes about, right? <laughs> and even when I was fully into it, you kind of did the same, like poke fun at me a little bit, like, oh, you're into the Star Trek, so. yeah, right? In the Star Treks. <laughs> and it wasn't until I had to have like back-to-back surgeries in 2020 that I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll pick it up. And it was also 2020, which was a terrible year. Exactly, for everybody. I feel like this is where Star Trek comes to you in your time of need. It it really (laughs) does. Like, the universe sends you Star Trek when you have nothing else. 
When you need hope. When you need hope more than anything else, God gives you Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) And God sends Picard. (laughs) I I agree 100%. Because, like, Picard is such a fatherly figure anyway, and he's, like, fully there for you. He's a calm, collected... Man of honor. Yes, yes. He's a leader. He's a leader, yeah. yeah. And he's like, Viral, the crowd was laugh like just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so Patrick, oh, so Patrick, take me away. <laughs> so I, I, I just uh, did had nothing to do. I had to recover, you know. And the surgeries I have had, you couldn't do anything. Like you weren't, you couldn't mm-hmm. even bend over. You couldn't. You yeah, know. and so, you finally caved. Finally caved, and I watched. And then while I was watching it, I was reading books about it. You know, I the Imzadi, uh because I love the. Uh, Troy and Riker romance. Yes. I love, love it. that you also got in the books because I, I also sent her a bunch of books and she just devoured yeah. all of them. It was so great. I was so happy when you like came on board. <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. I, and then I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm devastated that I get, didn't get to meet any of them when you did, you know? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, this was all like at a convention like near our town area. Like something you, you could have went to. Right. The whole time. So, yeah, as you can tell, uh, Star Trek means a lot to both of us. Now... The series, I feel like more so than the movies for me. Mm-hmm. I have definitely seen like TNG in its entirety more times than I've seen the movies. Yeah, but I have um, cycled through the movies pretty consistently mm-hmm. since I've started. Yeah, and it's been pretty recent for you. Now, for me, it has been a while since I have watched the TNG movies. Mm-hmm. I think I've actually watched the original movies a little more then I have the TNG. I don't know why. It's just happened to work out that way. So with this rewatch, it had been actually a pretty long time since I had seen First Contact specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess for you, it was like within the a past year months. or so. Oh, mere <laughs> months. <laughs> All right. So with that, um, let's just get into it. Get into our notes. I like that it had a very classic intro. I th- I wrote shitty ass credits. Like I totally oh. forgot the credits were so bad. Oh yeah, I feel like they were just like, oh. basic. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's just what it looked like in the nineties. Yeah, and I just like the music. Yeah, like I like. That oh, kind I always of, love yeah. that, especially the TNG Enterprise music. Yeah, yeah, it just was like that. Oh, I guess we we also forgot to mention that. Um, I also walked down the aisle. Oh yeah. To the TNG intro music yep. at my wedding. <clears throat> and yes. my wedding also was the day after First Contact Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, the music means a lot to me yeah. in the Star Trek universes. And I, I like the intro just because I like the, the beginning music that they made for the movie. Yeah. And then you get that Picard with the Borg, you right. know. I felt like it had a very intense beginning. Straight away. Straight away with, like, this his... PTSD nap. Uh-huh. And then when they have, like, the, um, the cheek burster. Yeah, cheek burster. <laughs> cheek burster. Ah! Yeah. So I felt like it was a pretty, um, intense and kind of, like, anxiety-inducing, um, intro for sure. And to me, that gave definitely, like, a different vibe. Like, you're like, oh, this isn't a TNG episode. And you can already tell, it's like, oh, this is, like, big budget. Definitely. Because they, uh, they upped their game on the special effects, I thought. Well, and even, like, I feel like their costumes yeah. had a little, like, 
Mm, like <laughs> improvement polish just, polish there we go perfect it's exactly everything felt a little extra polished mm-hmm. and yeah it definitely it didn't probably. have that hazy 90s filter <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that, that uh, the cable tv filter the cable tv filter <laughs> like the first season of rupaul and everyone's eyes were so blue like anyone who had blue eyes it was like blue fucking blue yeah, blue blue like jonathan frank's eyes were as blue as jordy's new eyes yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, that's what i wanted to ask you how did you feel with them i mean obviously in star trek universe their technology while amazing is going to continue to improve and evolve yeah and evolve so jordy like having like contact eyes now <laughs> like he got his lasix i saw no, I still like it. You miss the visor? I, I like the visor. Mm. Like, to me, that's his character. I didn't hate it because I did feel like, oh, okay, like, again, there's improvement within their own technology. Yeah. And why wouldn't Jordy be the one to fucking sign up to have, like, normal eyes and not having to have a visor on his face all the yeah. time? So, I, I Well, the, I mean, like, the first episode of Star Trek, like, they, I don't know. I feel like they already went over that. Like, and he was like, no, it's not worth it. No. Oh, that's true. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, they kind of like, do Straight whole... from the Jordy's mouth, he said, But no. the technology has improved now. Yes, I get it. <laughs> I get it. They just did that so when people do cosplay, they can wear blue contacts. <laughs> and they have established that this is about um, six years after, um, I guess, Picard yeah. and his, his run-in. With the Borg, yeah. Yes. And the Borg is... a pretty much attacking the federation Mm -hmm. they start out very just straight away like boom 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 this is what's going on yeah yeah pretty much yeah there's no like slow to the roll like Mm -hmm. intro it's like this fucking star trek movie you know why you're here well and that's why i like it (laughs) (laughs) and so uh and then you get data cussing oh and picard has been borg tainted is what i'm gonna call it yeah because they send them to the outer banks and that's, yeah, we yeah. get data. To hell with our orders. I remember um, even Dave said, because he said he watched this in theaters when it came out. Ooh. Yeah. Go, go him. Um, well, 96, he was like a senior. Oh, yeah. So you're graduating. I forget he's old. Yeah. <laughs> but he said when that happened in the theaters, to hell with our orders, everybody, ooh. Ah, that was one of those moments yeah. in the theaters. It's amazing. Because I'm sure, I, I, I'm pretty sure I watched one in the theaters, too, and it was one... I think it was Insurrection, maybe. Mm, okay. And Data, get, like, when they crash, and Data goes, oh, shit, or something like that, and everybody was like, ah, Data said, oh, shit. because Data <laughs> has an emotion chip now. Right. Remember? <laughs> and so the battle has been going on, and I like the Wharf intro as well, because it's the whole, prepare mm. for ramming speed. Today right. is a good day to die. <laughs> yeah. Maybe today is a good day to die. <laughs> <laughs> And I love when that happens. Like, it still reminds me of like Disney ride with the, the, psh, psh, the smoke <laughs> and the lights going off. You know, the hydraulics of the <laughs> like it does the same thing every time. You know, <laughs> like, yes, it's like being on a ride. You're like, I, I feel it. like I'm on Pirates of the Caribbean exactly. right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they say to hell with their orders. They're not going to chill out on the edges because, um, obviously, the higher-ups in the Federation are, like, Picard's been fucked up by the Borg. Yeah, Borg tainted. (laughs) We ain't going to have him all up in their business. can't trust them. Because, as he said, it creates variables, you know, that they may not want to happen. Um, 
You can't blame the Federation oh, for abs- that. Oh, absolutely not. And, I mean, Picard doesn't even blame them. I mean, he goes. They do their scans. Yeah. Like, you they know. Scan. But once they start hearing, like, everyone basically getting murked over the radio, and everyone who is, like, in charge, they don't get any information from them. So, Picard, you know, they make their executive decision, and they uh, go join the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's when they come across Worf and everything. And then I'm like, the gang's all here. Exactly. That was exactly. I was like, oh, the gang's all together again. <laughs> so, now we can really get the movie started. Exactly. <laughs> and I love when Riker gets back with Worf and, like, just starts, like, giving a little shit. Like, oh, you remember how to do this, don't you? Oh, you remember how to. And, like... Well, I love when he first came aboard and they're like, oh, and your little ship. And Worf's like, little. (laughs) (laughs) And that shit-eating grin that Riker gives him. And pretty much everyone, you know, that the Riker look. Like, my heart be still. He is just so cute. So dreamy. And dreamy and funny. And it just gets me every time. Like, just the way he looks at people and then with that smile. Yes. melting it's i and he is just like that when i met him like that sparkle in his eye is still there it doesn't leave it was amazing and he is so fucking tall it was crazy and like (laughs) and i've met him obviously this is you're like he looks like an older gentleman now but he still looks like Riker. you know like this Riker in this moment you know like that's just who he is as a person he has that jovial like boyish like charm like I said but that shit eating grin (laughs) but I love it like he did such a good job in this movie Um, Jonathan Frakes not only in his directing but I feel like in his acting Mm -hmm. and just him being Riker like I just it's a good character for him lovable character for sure so we've gushed about Riker far enough. <laughs> Let's get a little bit into the time travel. I like on this one that they didn't go full TNG episode, you know, where they get so techno babble. I know that turns a lot of people off yeah. from Star Trek. I think that's one of the main things where a lot of people, like, you know, uh, but this one, they're very simple. It's a temporal vortex. Um, that they mm-hmm. get kind of sucked in. They're riding along that temporal wave. Yeah. And <laughs> very, very basic, basic time travel. Time travel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without, a rift opens, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you get it, you get it. Everyone understands the basics of time travel, By right? now, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like how they, they were like trying to keep it a little simple. And again, like you said, it's kind of that bigger budget. It looks like nicer, fancier. And you can also tell that they are just trying to be a little more action oriented. Yeah. And I feel like which is what people want in a movie. Oh, yeah. You're going to the movies to see it. You want that surround sound to mean something. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and have that little bit of excitement for yeah. sure. And then I, I was like, I realized at this point when they were talking about once they went back and talking about everything that the Earth had went through. And I was like, oh, yeah, to get to the Star Trek Utopia, you have to go through World War Three. Oh, yeah. Or 600, what is it, six, or 60? No, 600 no. million yeah, it was, dead. Mm-hmm. Most major cities destroyed. And this was um, around, yeah, the Bell Riots. Like, you have to go through that. Yeah, right. I believe, like, yeah, like all like, of oh, that. Oh, yeah, forget about <laughs> like, all Like, it that. was, like, garbage and shit before it got better. Way garbage and shit. And I do like that they acknowledge that as well with Zephram Cochran. Like, the world is garbage, and he did it 
for selfish reasons. Right. Like, he just wanted to sell the technology to the highest money. bidder. Yeah. yeah. And make some money. He's, he even says, I want to go off to an island, like, and have, like, naked women. Like, right. And I like how Riker's like, yo, I can really. <laughs> He's like, boy. I get it. <laughs> He's like, but I'm telling you, in 10 years, you don't tell nobody that. <laughs> I know. I know exactly. Again, where he's just so, like, cheeky. Like, I, I get you, dude. I get you. Especially but... when he was like, um, you know, uh, don't be a great man. Just be a man. He's like, that's bullshit. Who said that? You did in 10 years. <laughs> it was great. Rubbing it in, Riker. Yep. Always rubbing it in. Just a little bit, little bit. <laughs> yeah, because they send an away team after they've gone through time. They've realized the Borg's plan through this temporal time <laughs> travel. They see like a future Earth. Temporal time travel. Yeah, I had to say it like. <laughs> shat. <laughs> the Shat Man. <laughs> they see a future Earth that is already just Borg. Yeah. And there, they're able to determine that the Borg time-traveled and stopped the humanity from advancing enough even to become a nuisance to them later, essentially. Right. And basically, they're kind of almost, it's like, are they preventing Jean-Luc? You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Will he not be born uh, in this alternate timeline? Curious. Um, They don't get too far into that kind of stuff. But, yeah, that's pretty much how they've explained it. So, of course, they have to send an away team. Mm-hmm. And then you have the people on the ship. And that's how the movie is going to be pretty much the entire time. And it will two mix. Two separate. Mm-hmm, storylines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of going on Earth and what's going on on the ship. And I like how uh, when we start getting the early introductions uh, for the away team, when they're kind of meeting some of the humans and they're trying to blend in. And <laughs> the one lady's, like, running from them. Uh, Lily, the character, yeah. and Data just jumps down that and side. That, and that, like, it was just him doing this down, like, in a blue screen, you know? Or green screen in the bag. Well, <laughs> but why wouldn't Data jump that way? Because he is, he is, like, an android, you know? So, of course, he'd be, like, so know, stiff and just, like, burr, so like funny. I'm dropping, like, an anchor. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was and hilarious. then he goes, greetings. <laughs> I know. I thought he said that quite a few times. Quite movie. a few times. Greetings. I know. I was and, like, yes, yes. <laughs> and I had to look her up because the woman that plays Lily, that's, that was that. Alfro Woodard, yes. Yeah. Um, I was like, I, I know she's been in a ton of movies. What else was it? What do I know her from? Mm-hmm. Heart and Souls. The one with Robert Downey Jr., where when he's little, it's like these three um, people or four people die on a bus and then their ghosts get like connected to him. Oh, I don't Do think I've ever seen one? that. Oh no. my God. I was obsessed with that movie. She's one of the, she's one characters. of the ghosts in the movie. And I was like, Oh my God, it's Penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. And I was like, Oh my God, that's what it is. She's Penny. That's why I know her. <laughs> I know she's been in a shit ton of movies, but that's where I know her from. That's amazing. And I liked her in this film. Oh, yeah. She's great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, we have the away team um, with Riker and Deanna and Data. And they are there. And Jordy. And Jordy, of course. And they are there to make sure that Zephyrin gets the rocket ship still up and running so he can make the first contact the next day. Because it's the warp signature that he creates when he did his first trial run 
Um, that brings the Vulcans basically. Mm-hmm. That they're like, oh, they're they're ready. And first contact happens exactly. And the Borg, when they do the time travel and the Enterprise is following them, they went and they fucked up uh, Zephram's ship basically mm-hmm. to prevent it from happening. But they're like, we got Jordy, and he can fix fucking anything. Exactly. <laughs> so, but they haven't told Zephram, obviously. They're not trying to break the Prime Directive still. So they do kind of mention that, that they're going to be uh, basically, I guess, pretending just to be people who are like, I know what you're trying to do, and I want to help, or, you right. know, whatever, some <clears throat> kind of that's going to go over real well with a man like Zephram. Exactly. <laughs> and back on the ship... Um, we have our own set of issues happening. The Borg are on there. Mm-hmm. They don't know yet, though. They do a little foreshadowing before Jordy goes down with the away team when he's like, oh, it's getting a little hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the way he said it, I love LeVar Burton, but out of all the actors... He is the one that I feel like is a, a little more, like, on the nose, you know, yeah, with certain yeah. things. So, where I was like, oh, this is important. It's getting a little hot in here. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where I was like, oh, that's a foreshadowing moment. Okay, got it. I didn't realize the Borg liked it hot, I guess. I, I kind of forgot that about that. They like it steamy. But aren't they, like, electronic? Well, they also have their organic, you know. So the organic skins has to say moist. I guess. Yes, like extra so because I'm like okay so like they just lizards. need it to feel like Florida yeah because <laughs> they were like it's 74% humidity I'm like oh that's not that bad yeah, that's not bad wait till that's... it gets 93 at 8 <laughs> o'clock at night <laughs> when it's like you know 78 degrees outside exactly so it's deck 16 that um, starts having all these issues and <laughs> eventually they figure it out and i like how they go like instant like they are seal team six yeah (laughs) (laughs) like that's what ends up going on on the enterprise e this whole time some seal team six shit they got all of their phasers they're wearing their little vests Mm -hmm. (laughs) they are decked out because picard is like the bulg i fucking yeah he's got them bulg senses (laughs) And the away team, of course, is just, again, trying to, like, humor Zephram. Well, at first, they're just trying to find him. Right. And eventually, they do come to Deanna is the one who finds him. And has been drinking with him. Has been drinking. And, again, that look that Riker is, like, giving Deanna. Like, he's just, like, (laughs) tickled pink about it. I know. I know. Tickled pink. That's the best way to phrase that. So, yeah. So, they've been doing that. And Deanna's even at the point where she's basically, like... Fuck the Prime Directive. Right. We gotta tell this guy what's going on. Like, we are not... We don't have the time to have the time to time time. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought she was just wonderful in this scene. I loved her. Um, It was very cute. It was a nice scene. And I like that they finally did share that fuck the Prime Directive sentiment. You know, that a lot of people always, like, in the show, you know, like, kind of eye-rolling. Yeah, Prime Directive. Oh, my God, Prime Directive, Prime Directive. We get it. And Picard is usually such a stickler for it. But they're like, nah, we we gonna do this. Yeah, like, we don't we have like, this shit. Yeah, we feel like he can handle it. And I believe they still confer with Picard. This is before everything goes completely down. Before the Borg totally mm-hmm. takes over. Yeah. Um, so they're a little bit on the same page. And he's like, well, do you think he can handle it? And they already have that one lady they sent up to 
Lily. They yeah. sent her up to the ship because it turns out that she did get radiation poisoning from the damage that the Borg had done to their warp drive that they were working on. So I do like how they have a little bit of uh, someone from each world. You know, there's yeah. there's that as well reflecting. But she kind of, her character pisses me off a little bit in the beginning, though. Uh, scenes where they show her. And she takes off on her own in the yes. tunnel. You're like, ah, oh, bitch. Like, you can obviously tell these people aren't going to hurt you. Not at least soon. They don't seem to have, ma- like, they seem to be always trying to, like, solve a situation i get that you're like oh they showed up when we were being attacked were they the ones attacking us uh, but again i'm just like you don't seem like you're supposed to be a very stupid woman like just to do and you that. see they're they're scared of something that's trying to get them Ex- why wouldn't you be like oh well enemy of my enemy <laughs> oh yes exactly because you don't know what situation you're in either um, yeah, so I just felt like she was a little too combative for no reason, considering. Well, you know, like, you I don't know re- what the realize fuck's like. they've just went through World War Three and all that we're devastation. Like, so. I'm like, it makes sense. She needs to watch her own back. But yeah, again, in this thing where you don't know where you are and you're going to go in this opposite direction of you know these people are running from something. They're trying to get to safety. Yeah, to they me, would know where safety would be more than you. Exactly. I That's where I'm just like, I mean, if they wanted you dead, they would have just killed you. Right. Why would they wake you up in an obvious sick bay area? Like, it looks like a clinic or a room, you know, med medical area. Like, obviously, you were getting medical attention. Yeah. I yeah. So so yeah. I just her her character being that defiant was just a little annoying because I just wanted to get on with it. And I did love that they had a Voyager crossover with the uh, Doctor. The EMH. Oh, yeah, yeah, the EMH. <laughs> I was like, oh, Picardo. <laughs> <laughs> so very quickly, though, the Borg, like, set up shop. Like, it happens, everything so quick. And that's what I remembered because in the very first when they're kind of, like, uh, shoot the Borg and they do kill, I'm like, oh, they're mowing them down pretty easy. Yeah, you're like, aren't they supposed to and adapt? Then, yeah. And then finally, yeah, and they're like, they've adapted. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that a lot, too, that the, the Borg are working quick. They are taking bodies like it's nobody's business, taking them over. And, well, and that's what I um, was thinking, too, because... Picard, you know, the whole time he's like, don't hesitate to fire. Just kill the Borg willy-nilly. But they rehabilitate them later, you know? Like, he's just real quick to shoot his own people as soon as they turn Borg. And I'm like, but you can take that stuff out. Like, you can come back from being a Borg. True. You know what I mean? Because even he came back from being a Borg. Seven and Nine came back from being a Borg. And she was, like, raised Borg. Yeah? So he was real quick to, like... Shoot to kill immediately. No stun their ass. Like take their ass down as soon as they become a Borg. And wouldn't it make sense too that if he were to get them stunned and then separated, like they did with um Hugh? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. he never, he wasn't even rehabilitated. He was just like, oh, I can think for myself now. Yeah, yeah. He was like, it's cool. I I'm am Hugh. Hugh. <laughs> I, I am Hugh. Hey guys. <laughs> And I loved you. He's cute. I know. But yeah, so so you're right. I kind of, I didn't think about that till a little towards the end when Lily is telling him like, um. Okay, Ahab. Yeah. <laughs> like you're going real quick for like revenge. And she was like, you know, like, oh, when I saw you mowing them down. Or like Ensign, um, what was his name? The one that he was like. Yeah. Was like, this is one of your uniforms. Yeah. And he's like just digging all up in there for that chair. Yeah. So I, I think 
You're right. It was a little dark, actually. It was pretty dark, especially for Picard. Right. Who, like you said, is usually an honorable man. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it was kind of late last night, so I didn't really fully think of like, oh shit, yeah. Like I thought it was just more of, oh, they're so far gone, Borg already that there's no going back. But like, you're right. Quick. Like if seven and nine can go back, like pretty much anyone can, right? right? Like <laughs> I mean, if you can, Hugh. So this is basically like Picard's like murder spree movie, right? <laughs> of his own people, of his own people, because they do assimilate half of the Enterprise, and he mows down a good chunk of that. <laughs> and this is when Picard uh, finally gets Lily to like. He's just basically like fucking listen, because uh, she gets separated from the group, but does come across him later. And they do, like you said, do a Captain Ahab, like, uh, whole spiel. Oh, that's not till the end. Till way later, yeah. yeah. But he does at least come to terms eventually uh, with the violence and the revenge that he's Mm -hmm. been seeking. So throughout this, uh, the rest of the movie, they're kind of building up his his crazy sauce. Yeah, his crazy sauce. (laughs) His crazy sauce with that. And then they also introduce the Borg Queen because eventually Data has gone back up and then he uh, gets taken by the Borg during uh, this time. Mm -hmm. And I think that also is contributing to Picard kind of freaking out a little bit too because he knows they have Data. And Data means the fucking world to him. Data is his bestie. Data is his bestie. Yeah. They always wanted to act like it was kind of like Riker, Picard in the early days, but like... It's Picard and Data. Like, they are definitely BFFs. I mean, Riker is his... Number one. Number one, for sure. But Data is his confidant. Yes, I fully agree with you. Um, but I do. like it. I love when he shows Lily that... Oh, look, you're in space. I was like, they love to do this. Like, Picard loves this. Surprise, you're in space! Ha ha! <laughs> he really they do that does. several times throughout the show, too. Like, ha ha, you're in space. <laughs> they're like, oh my god! He <laughs> he loves to be the one. Uh, he loves a good surprise. <laughs> to show them the beauty of the stars. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I didn't enjoy about this one, and I'm gonna blame Rick Berman because he's usually always the culprit when it comes to the overtly sexual undertones of things that didn't really need it. The Borg Queen. The Borg Queen and Data. Yeah. Yes. Blowing on the Blowing arm on hair. Little, little chunk of arm skin. <laughs> so it was very hairy. I didn't understand that. Well, because so then you can see her breath blowing through the yes. hair strand. Because she's giving him other stimulation. Like orgasms. Uh, it was just like... Whoa. Yeah, especially it, did oh, oh. <laughs> and he's like letting her know that he's uh fully yeah, functional. Fully functional. And then she's like, Oh, so when was the last time you fucked? <laughs> <laughs> and what did he say? Like eight years, like, twenty seven days, thirteen minutes, whatever. And had that been since Yar? Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So but he did have a girlfriend on the Enterprise, too. I'm assuming they would have tried out his capabilities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, they go into that whole bit. And that was the one where I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot, like, how much this was in this movie. I did think the Borg Queen was cool and how they, like, 
had her as kind of like just some of the spinal thing yeah. and she can like go into the suit although I still was like but why though and so she could turn Data on because he's a heterosexual <laughs> robot <laughs> <laughs> And when I was reading a little bit about the facts and trivia, whatever, and the writers were basically like, they know the Borg is a collective, but they they still felt like they have to have like a villain or, you know, like the yeah. one face you can kind of put it on. Um, but I really don't feel like they did. Like, I I don't feel like they had to. Well, even Hive, I guess because they go back to the Hive mind, the Hive mind usually has a queen. I, true, and they did say they were like you know the Borg as as their collective don't really speak. Yeah, you know other than when they are just like kind of sending like we are the Borg resistance yeah. is futile you know kind of thing. So I guess I get it. They wanted to be able to have some kind of dialogue with the villains, but again I I get it. I do enjoy this movie. Mm. I like it, but with the <laughs> the, the data stuff and the. <laughs> like and then she is one of the few like lady villains especially when she's like I'll give you everything you want a patch of skin here a patch of skin there oh. everything you ever wanted one blue eye <laughs> very ragdoll like <laughs> like I don't think Dana wanted to look like that and especially at the end he has a poof of like human hair is that what that is yes I was supposed to be like oh yeah some some of a real scalp <laughs> As opposed to his data scalp. <laughs> a little proof of like, yes. And then everything else is still slick back. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> but then at the end, when it melted off because of the like acid smoke. <laughs> the acid smoke that only the Borg skin, although. <laughs> Picard did stay above it. Yeah. So I guess it would have just ruined any skin, like organic right. or matter. Or any organic matter. Yeah. But, and then when he's at the helm and he turns back and he's like, yeah, guys, we made it. And he's still, <laughs> like, missing an eye and going. <laughs> he's all jacked up. <laughs> Got his Terminator skeleton underneath. Yeah, so funny. Oh, it's so, it was good. It was good. The whole, the whole data arc uh, was funny. <laughs> Little cringy, it was, yeah. But I like cringy. that they're basically showing that like Data now that he has an emotions chip, like he can be tested, he can be tempted, right? And even he says that like, oh, I thought about it for like point six uh, yeah. eight seconds or whatever. <laughs> it's an eternity for an android. Yes, Data knows how to play it. He used his own sexuality to yeah. like. <laughs> He's like, two can play at this game, Borg Queen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sexy in my own right with my blue eye and my and his, arm I mean, I always enjoyed his yellow eyes. I thought they were beautiful. I, yeah, and I enjoyed the uh, golden skin. Yeah, also. I know. I'm like, I love you just the way you are, Data. Right. You don't need that fake skin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Bridget Jones him. <laughs> <laughs> I like you just the way you are. Um. So we've reached, like, pinnacle of... The away team has been doing their job. They finally had divulged information, but Jordy can't take hints that he's obviously making Zephram Cochran uncomfortable. Right. With all like Jordy has never been able to read a room. No, never. <laughs> and they really stick with that in this movie. So I did he's enjoy made that. Several people uncomfortable throughout the series. <laughs> yes, he has. Poor old Jordy. No yeah. one gets him. <laughs> and he doesn't get them either, obviously. <laughs> no, no. Um, because Zephram at one point runs away. 
away because he's like, what the fuck? All these people, like, worship me and, like, learn my shit in school. Like, this is insane. Yeah, he's like, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, not deserving of this. Jordy doesn't get that. No. And, yeah, it just makes him more uncomfortable. So you have that kind of going on of, oh, well, now we have to convince Zephram that he has to do this. Mm-hmm. And Picard has gone full ape shit now. Before uh, we got to what we're talking about later with the board queen and everything, when they're still looking for all of this and he's still trying to take his ship back. And even Worf is like, yo, we need to just abandon ship yeah. and blow this shit up. And then when he loses his shit on Worf, he's like, you're a coward. Oh. oh. I also forgot about this part. And even watching it last night, I'm like, oh, you don't tell a cling on that? And Worf's comeback, uh, if you were any, any other, other man. man. I would kill you where you stand. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? How very dare you. And I love that this is also, we get that really theater Patrick Stewart. And the line must be drawn. (laughs) 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 Yes. There was that oomph in the. The (laughs) Acting. Thank you. But yeah, and that is when we get further into the Ahab spiel and everything. Yeah. But I was all about spiteful Picard for a little bit. Because you know me, I like a good... Oh yeah, revenge. Revenge. Everything I do, I believe you should do it for spite. (laughs) It is the the driving force behind your... um... My life. It's what I live for. I live for spite. (laughs) But no, it was a good driving factor. I think it gives people the passion. And it's a passion... I feel like many people can understand, me especially. Yeah. Um, but that he does become the bigger man still. And at the end, yeah. At the end. Um, and he basically is like, oh, all right, you're right. I was letting my anger get the better of me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though, when he's like, fuck everybody, sacrifice yourself. Mm-hmm. I got work to do. Exactly. And he's like, well, if you don't mind, I have work to do. And I'm like, what are you laser engraving? <laughs> I have to engrave my name when this. <laughs> well, yeah, what was he fixing? <laughs> I don't know. Oh no, I think that was when, because again, the Borg are always evolving. So I think he might have been trying to upgrade his his phaser or like. Let like, me alone. Have words to do. <laughs> <laughs> and also, this is where it's getting to the point. One. He doesn't want to sacrifice the Enterprise, too, as part of it. Yeah. Because he mentions how it's, like, his home. And this is already the new Enterprise, like, the E. So, I feel like, also, it's... They've already taken so much from him. Yeah. And some of his peace of mind. You know, his feeling of autonomy and individuality. Like, that taking his home, too, is just the last fucking straw for him. But... Again, though, in his stubbornness that he was willing also because without the Enterprise at all, they're stuck. Oh, yeah. In that time, which is very pre-warp. Yeah. And so there's no way where and they're going to be able to like, okay, well, let's just go back to our own time or figure it out because they're not going to have any of that technology available to well, them. Well, I guess... Everybody else is like better alive than exactly, dead. and that's the thing where you realize that's what this crew is always willing to do. Like, because mm-hmm. he says even, oh, we'll give Riker. Uh, this is a place where they can go to North America and like lay low and mm-hmm. like live out the rest of your lives in this part of history. Like, sorry about it. Yeah. Like, but that even he was willing to do that. 
if not blow up the ship, but either way, he was going to stay back. Yeah, stay with the ship. Stay with the ship. So um, it is pretty crazy. But also that the crew people were willing to do that knowing they would be stuck back in time. You would think they would even want to fight with Picard just so they could be like, nah, let's keep the Enterprise and we try to go back home. And that's kind of what... I was surprised about was everybody's reaction to him, like, you know, fight hand-to-hand combat if you have to. Like, I feel like that's what they did usually on the Enterprise. Like, even if the situation was dire, they didn't usually abandon ship. They usually fought to the very end. You know what I mean? Usually, yeah, So it kind of surprised me that they were so quick to, like, what? I have to fight with my hands? (laughs) You know what I mean? They're like, no, abandon ship, abandon ship. And then, like you said, like, abandoned ship, yeah, in, like, 2064. Yeah. Like, that is so far in your past. That it's going to be primitive living to you. If yeah. you're just going to caveman days. Exactly. Like, are you sure you're, like... Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> like, do you want to just go out in a blaze of glory? Like, right. do you really want to live like that? Like, they probably don't even have red water anymore. <laughs> I know, because this is supposed to be after all their crazy wars. Yeah. So. Which I still was like, how did he make a warp drive and all that shit? Well, also, so he took like, a nuclear weapon. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, some of the basis of that, and, and, and he was supposed to be kind of still like you know ahead of his time, even I believe. So, still though, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Where I'm like, all right, they just getting ready to be left, and yeah, like 2064, 2063 around that time, uh, and they were just gonna go go through with it. Yeah, because it's like hundreds of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy stuff. Um, and this whole time, too, Picard uh, has been getting the little glimpses of, like, he can kind of still hear the Borg. Like, there is still a part of him that is somewhat connected, it seems like. To the collective, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tuned in, if you will. Yeah. And he knows Data needs his help. So I also think, like I said, not only his home, but he's not wanting to sacrifice Data completely. Like, yeah. I think he wants to at least attempt to... But when he does have his little um, man tantrum... <laughs> <laughs> in front of Lily and he's you know nah! and throws the gun into his like display case yes. she's like broke your little ships you broke your little ships you broke your little you ships you old baby man tantrum having your little pity party <laughs> um, so yeah they have a big uh, climactic kind of scene where Picard is um, having, I guess, what would you call it? I mean, it's standoff with the bowl queen. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the same time, while simultaneously they're having the away team, uh, Jordy and Riker are, like, getting Zephram ready. They're mm-hmm. going to do it. And, and I'm like, damn, they going in the ship with him? I'd be like, uh-uh. <laughs> That's the one thing. The watch- very first warp flight? Well, for them, of course they would want to. I guess. I'd be like, oh, thank you. Is this safe? <laughs> exactly. Like, when I really thought of that, too, because I'm like, man, just think about how brave well, you have to be. Jordy did repair it. So that's he, true. He knew it was up to his standards then. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's the only thing where I was like, well, if I knew Jordy was involved, I would be comfortable. Yeah, true. But, but still. Knowing, and then this was the thing, too, because with time travel... So, they've traveled once back, but the way that, you know, you watch a lot of different time travel movies and plot lines and scenarios, so does, does this mean 
that Jordy and Riker were always the ones who helped Zephram Cochran. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because, like, like um, you know, like Harry Potter time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like Prisoner They're the Basketman. ones Buckbeak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not Harry Potter's dad who made the Patronus. It was yes. Harry all along. Yeah. So, was it really not Zephram Cochran and really it was it, Jordy all along? That's probably what it was. Like, <laughs> Jordy, you're worshipping yourself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> or parts of himself, because it does seem like Zephram did for the most part do the majority of the work do the majority of the work but again if we're doing like Azkaban kind of terms with time turner shit would it be more of let's say that they never did do their time travel this time around what if Zephram never was successful what if his prototype had never been destroyed by the board you know what I'm saying like it didn't work anyway. yeah what if the test run never did work and it always was Jordy coming in and fixing it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just temporal loop and it was kind of late last night, and I know, I bet there's some kind of Star Trek wiki somewhere that is answering these questions yeah. for us. So I'm going to have to find it later, probably, and be like, hmm, I'm, I'm curious. curious. Yeah, I gotta get Google it. So yeah, again, with the Borg Queen, I know I think a lot of people talk about her the most when you think about this movie. Um, but again, for me, I found her kind of cringy. Yeah. Um, so, so I wasn't very that slinky. Yeah, slinky. <laughs> and just oh, hmm, look at my crazy egghead with Come things coming. Come up with some kind. I was like, ew, she always looks like dewy, but yeah, in a bad way. In a bad clammy, clammy, because <laughs> you know she's not warm blooded. Yeah. And I kind of get, like, Hellraiser vibes yeah. from her as well, like Cenobite. Uh, which is just not not that attractive to me. No, not at all. <laughs> um, and they do basically imply... Did they imply that the Borg Queen and him, like, fully do it, though? It, that's what it seemed like to me. Okay, so I'm like, so Data did this all in the name of, like... Did he? But did he know? <laughs> He's like, might as well get my jollies off while I'm playing this part. I know. Might be a while. Never been with a bull queen. <laughs> and I love how I'm like, oh, he's like a literal two-face. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, and I love, though, when he's like, and then, like, trying to stop them while they're going on the warp drive, like, sends those phasers oh, out yes, or whatever. yes, yes, And then, as soon as it misses, everybody goes... <laughs> Jada! Jada! <laughs> I know, and he's like, oops, did I do that? <laughs> Me? And um, basically, he tricks the Borg Queen because Picard's all like, I'm going to be your Lacutus again. Yeah. Like, and I like how in this one, too, they're like, oh, the Picard had no recollection of her. He completely blocked her out right. until that moment. I, and then I love how they just added that in because he was like, oh, I remember now. Yeah. Oh, do you? Do how you? Do you? I know. So certain things in this It was movie, you all along. I heard you in my mind. Well, I, I like it because we're star. Trek fans, yeah. so we're obviously going to be partial to this. Even if it's cheesy, whatever, we're going to like it. But you still it. have to give a more critical eye when you're watching it. Yeah, Let's so for this, around. I am going to acknowledge that that part was probably one of the more stupid, like, yeah. convenient parts. We're like, come on, guys. Like, you're better than this. Right. You could have, you know, like, this is why the Borg Queen doesn't make sense. Right. Like, in that Because sense. you just threw it in at the end. Exactly. And then also, I will say the other part, um, where this is backtracking a little bit, but when they do that, they have the, of course they have the hollow deck in there. Yeah. And that yeah. felt too They forced. still had to do the dick story, which <laughs> is one I have never liked. It's <laughs> never been my favorite episodes was the stupid dicks. What is his name? He's the private, like, the private. Uh, 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 
<laughs> so I did think it was funny that they had to do that for him to get the oh, so he could kill it because he took he, the same. They did all of that just so he could get that Tommy gun to kill them. Like yeah, that was elaborate. And it just felt so forced. Yeah, like in that one. So that yeah, they just threw the, that in so she could see that oh, oh, he's doing this for revenge and it's his own person and yeah. Again, two on the nose a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. so those were, I will say, the probably the two worst parts of the movie for me. I would say, I mean, just, just weaker. Out of, yeah, yeah, weaker. Just weaker yeah, part. like however you want to gauge it. Because um, like I still love it, of course. Yeah, but. It, didn't, it didn't ruin it for me. But <laughs> it didn't ruin by any means. It was a little when you're watching like, okay. Yeah, yeah. eye rolling. Yeah. And I could see people who aren't into Star Trek where they'd be like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> and I do like in the end too when... Uh, like you said, after the gas stuff or whatever kills the board queen and data mercs her. And then he almost implies like, eh, I hit that, but it was just a fling. <laughs> <laughs> like you definitely get those vibes. It's like, yeah. I feel like that's what he implies. And yeah. So first contact is able to happen. Uh, Zephyrin and them, they were able to do their warp drive and they only do it for a little bit even, you know, cause it shows them looking at earth and then, him finally realizing the magnitude of what he did accomplish. What he just did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and what it does actually And especially mean. when the Vulcans show up and he's like, they really are from another planet. Look at the funny ears. <laughs> Ooh. And the way they revealed the Vulcans, I felt like it was a Lord of the Rings moment. Like, they look like the fucking elves. Yeah, like, with their cloaks and everything. Yeah. Super tall. They're, like, waxy-looking skin. Yeah. Yeah, given their live-long-and-prosper hand signals. And he's like, oh, I can't do it. Shake your Shake hand. Shake your hand. Yeah, so I did enjoy that, though, of then Zephyrum, like, taking his role of what he knows who he's supposed to be in history Steps now. into his role. Mm-hmm. And that, and, like, oh, was it because of Jordy telling him all this, this great man he's that he is, that he's like, well, I guess I have to live up to this now. Right. So then he becomes a great man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then also, Riker even kind of telling him, too, like, yeah, we know you're a piece of shit now. Yeah, Like, it's fine, you know, like, this is what you did. Like, it doesn't really matter what your motivations were. It's what became of it. Right, what it jump-started, Yeah, for him. So, and... Which can be That's good or why bad. That's Riker. He's not judgy. No, he's not. But also, I do like how they were very, though, forefront of, like, your heroes can be pieces of shit. Maybe sometimes it's not good to know who they were. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why they say to never meet your heroes. Exactly. Uh, so, I did like that they had that running theme throughout it. And, yeah, they pretty much um, wrap it up very nicely with a little bow Make on it top. so. Make it so. <laughs> but I did love earlier when they were, like, in the heat of it and he, he's... He says, engage. But he does, engage. He's like, he's like throwing his arm at it. Engage. Hurry. <laughs> Must get out of here. Must get out of here. And because they were able to defeat the Borg queen and the Borg uh, with the the gas. The acid gas. Acid gas. Um, and then very quickly it's able to, ooh, let's just suck it right up and he can walk right down. Exactly. Like I never, know. Nothing lingering. Nothing, nothing lingering. Oh, nothing affecting him. Me. Conveniently kills all of the board. It took a, half the crew, but then that was able to wipe out like, all of them in that one room so quickly. Yeah. Everything, everything's fine. Then they're able to take back the Enterprise, and now we can just conveniently travel through time again and recreate a temporal vortex like the Borg did. Yeah, 
Without their technology, because you blew up the ship. And isn't that the reason why they were initially allowed to go? Because they were jumping in the vortex that the board ship created. Right. So now they're telling Jordy, they're like, okay, Jordy, just recreate this. And I'm like, even in the show, when they did time travel... It was never something they did themselves. It was usually outside elements, I thought. I thought so, too. And I, that's why I'm like, because I know you've more recently watched... Like, a lot of them in their entirety just recently. So, for me, it's all a little fuzzy. But even from your recollection, right? Like, yeah, like the in time travel. In my recollection, I they've never been able to do that themselves. Not all willy-nilly. Like, let's just recreate it. Boom. So, yeah, yeah for this. And, again, that's why, for me, I'm more partial to the shows. Yeah, because they stay with their continuity. Yes, I guess they're, like, uh, the confines of, of the technology. But, again, this is supposed to be in the future some. So, I don't know what the Enterprise E, you know what I mean? Like, there is what supposed to be. What its capabilities are. Yeah, some improvement. <laughs> but I'm still like, oh, okay, it's just as easy as getting Jordy <clears throat> to recreate the conditions to just make time Just follow travel. the uh, blueprints. <laughs> follow their temporal signature. <clears throat> Yeah, so they're able to do that, so they can just go back to the future. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, everyone evidently is chilling um, the Vulcans and everything with Zephram Cockrum in Montana. And I'm like, I don't think the people are that chill in Montana now, especially. (laughs) In 2063, I don't know. I mean, and can you imagine, like, people that just went through a world war and, like, are, like, Lily, don't trust nobody... And then aliens show up. You think all of them are going to be like not grabbing their pitchforks. They're all listening to their jukebox. Just uh, doobie doobie. Doobie doobie and scooby dooby doobie in. I know that song. Doobie doobie doob doob. Like on the jukebox. You're like, really? They couldn't have got a more generic song. They had to spend all their money on that Steppenwolf song. But yeah, so that was Star Trek First Contact. It was the first official, like, kickoff movie of the Next Generation movies. Um, It remains, I believe, probably one of the the favorites out of all of them. Oh, yeah. People talk a lot of shit about Nemesis and... And um, Insurrection. Yes, yeah, I believe so. Both of those. Um, it's true they aren't the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I mean, Nemesis, it was a product of its year, I, I think. Like, it was very 2000s. Mm-hmm. I agree. It was very much like a 2000 movie. Yeah. Because, um, have you seen the Alien Resurrection? Oh, Jesus. Oh, by the way, that was one of the reasons why uh, this movie was called First Contact, because I believe it was supposed to be Resurrection. Oh. But Alien Resurrections came out and used the title before. They're like, well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think First Contact works better anyway. I do, too. It suited it. So, uh, yeah, like I said, for us, we're both big fans. So, of course, we're going to watch it again. It will be one we'll always pick up again mm-hmm. sometime throughout our lives, I'm sure. My order I like to do is rewatch the whole series and then rewatch all the movies. Yes. Always good. Um, it's been a little while since I've watched kind of any Star Trek in general. In the spring, I got caught up. What did I get caught up in? I don't even remember. Did, did you watch? Oh, Picard. Of- uh, mm, actual yeah. Star Trek Picard. That was I was watching some of that. Um, but I kept taking breaks because mm-hmm. I, I like TNG because it was episodic. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of the new Star Trek is not episodic in that sense, which is fine. I know 
there's a lot of toxic fandom in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. We'll acknowledge that. Especially against New Trek. <laughs> yes. Um, but we are not really heavily involved in that stuff. I used to be in a Star Trek group. I actually got kicked out of it because... I posted a sassy meme of Picard, <laughs> and they were very not about that. So, <laughs> so the people that I know within the Star Trek uh, community, and you know them now as mm-hmm. well, they're all very chill. They like new Trek. They like old Trek. So we're not involved in any of that drama or anything. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, again, I still prefer classic kind of TNG TNG is always and forever going to be my favorite. Yeah, me too. I like um, Picard. I think he's the best captain. Mm-hmm. And in forever. That's why I've also been a little more hesitant and reluctant to watch the new Picard. While everyone thought, like, oh my God, Stephanie, that should be right up your alley. I'm like, no, it's going to change. I don't want to tarnish my image of Picard. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, it's going to change everything I probably like. like, Which is fine. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to, like, write Twitter hate mail to anybody. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but, um... I just know it's going to maybe change things of how I look back at that specific character. So I've been very slow to get into it. Didn't it didn't for me. I watched the whole first season. Um, yeah, after watching some of it, I'm like, oh, this is fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. This I, is fine. I don't know why I kept putting it off for yeah. so long. Like, it's cool. And I the, liked the Riker episodes of yeah, you know, bringing them in. Bringing so, everybody back. So it was. There was a lot of, like, fan service, but I don't hate it. Like, <laughs> I'm a fan, and they are servicing me. Oh, gross. <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> by just putting them in there and having the cameo. Oh yeah, because you know you want to you want to see it, and I like how they even got Data in there, mm-hmm. um, even though he's not. Alive, yeah, they're like know. we can still like kind of implement him in there. In yeah. A way. So yeah, so I've been enjoying that Discovery. I did have to take a little break from. I did too. It's a little much at times, mm-hmm. just because there's they're so emotional on that one that it is. It's a lot of emotion, and a lot of times it's just a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not very episodic. It's more of this main huge plot line, right. you know, that they're trying to do, which is great. You know, it, it's yeah, it's different. fine. It's just not something that I can binge watch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I also um, like the cartoon for a change of pace. The comedy cartoon they've Oh, uh, Below Deck. Yes, yes. Yeah. I love that one. I watched uh, that one. I thought it was very cute, just very different. And, and just I love the references. That yeah, it, it's just, yeah, I feel like it's, so it's like watching like shit posting or a Star Trek meme. Yeah. You know, it's like they brought that to life. Uh, so it, just something fun, like a change of pace. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched Strange New Worlds yet. But no, I have list. not. But I enjoyed him on. He did a, you know, stint on Discovery. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I thought he was good. And I Mm -hmm. liked that. And I've been hearing good things about that one, too. But yeah, so that's uh, the journey into Star Trek. Aliens, come get it! (laughs) So, on our next episode, we are going to do Men in Black. Mm -hmm. Another little fun alien romp, (laughs) (laughs) is what I'm going to call it. Okay. And as always, you can find us at Filmgazers on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Remember, on Twitter is where you can find the link to join our Discord that no one's a part of. (laughs) But let's change that in this coming new year, shall we? we, No, we're putting it out there. It's changed. Manifesting. 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 (laughs) So you can find us there in the social medias. Feel free to reach out. You ever want to talk about movies or anything just send us a comment and we can get a a little more uh, back and forth going that would be fun i'm down Mm -hmm. all right (laughs) so it's uh time to hit the dusty trail until next time later taters